Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and we're going to be starting at verse 17 and reading down to verse 29 together so uh, the words will pop up on the screen if you want to follow along in the following directives i have no praise for your meetings do more harm than good this is the apostle paul speaking to the church what a way to start his uh, start this passage in the first place paul continues i hear that when you come together as a church there are divisions amongst you and to some extent i believe it no doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have god's approval so then when you come together it is not the lord's supper that you eat For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. And as a result, one person remains hungry and another person gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I have received from the Lord what I passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes so then whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the lord Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Before the pandemic, I thought I'd give going to a class at the gym a try for something different. Usually I was one of those people who'd walk around in the gym trying to pretend they knew what they were doing and so I thought the structure of going to a class at the gym might be a good thing to try. As I arrived everyone else knew what they were doing as they'd been to the class before. They were getting all the equipment out that they needed. Meanwhile I stood there like a lemon not really understanding what I should be doing. I went to try and get some equipment thinking that's what I should do but then I got that wrong and then the class started and let's just say I didn't go back again. I've also felt a bit like this at church. 
I've been born and brought up in the church, I work for a church, yet from time to time I find myself in this situation where I don't really know what I'm meant to be doing. And one of the times that this has been most apparent is in times where people have celebrated communion together. I've been in Baptist churches for pretty much my whole entire life. I understand the Baptist way of doing things. But I remember the first time that I went to a communion service in an Anglican church. I was invited to get up out of my seat and walk to the altar. We never did that in a Baptist church. When I got to the altar, I held out my hands and this funny little circular wafer was placed in my hands and I'd never seen that before. Then I got to the cup and I was given this cup that uh, were, everyone had to drink out of and I didn't know what to do. How much are you meant to drink? What's the etiquette of drinking out of a cup that everyone else has drunk out of? I found the whole process a little unfamiliar and even strange. For 2,000 years, the church has been celebrating the Lord's Supper or communion together. But why do we celebrate communion? Ultimately, communion is much more than just five minutes in the middle of a church service. It is an act of worship. So as we continue, in our series of looking at who God has called us out to be as we are called out of this pandemic. We're going to spend a few minutes getting back to basics and looking at, this, uh, at the act of worship that has been at the centre of the church's life since its inception. Many of you will have been around churches for and, and, and celebrated communion for even longer than I have. Many of you will be well versed and have a good understanding of why we do communion. But let me just flag up the context of this passage. I'm sure many of you will know the passage that I read from verse 23 onwards really well. It's probably one of the passages that is read most in all of our churches. But how familiar are you with the verses that come before that? The Corinthian church thought they knew it all about communion. Yet we've already said just how harsh Paul's opening of this section of his letter to them is. Paul starts by rebuking them that although they think they know what they're doing, although they've got it, they think they've got it all right, they're actually missing the point entirely. And so this morning, regardless of whether you feel like you're a communion pro or the equivalent of me attending a gym class for the very first time, this passage is vital for us all to get to grips with. Jesus often disrupts us when we feel our most comfortable and celebrating communion together and worshipping together isn't something that we should never feel wholly comfortable with. As we're told in verse 27, we should not celebrate, take celebrating the Lord's Supper lightly. Let's also be clear for a moment. 
communion was never intended to just be a one-hour church service once a month or once a week or however often uh, a church decides to celebrate it. As Paul shares this message with the church, he is inviting them into a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle that's in communion and in relationship with Jesus. So if communion is about living a life of worship, then how do we worship? And the first thing that we see in this passage is that we are invited to participate with Jesus. Paul says in verse 23, For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. It's important that we recognise that worship starts with Jesus. But more than that, that we're invited to participate with him. Paul sets clear parameters and lines of authority as he instructs the church in how they worship and come into a relationship with Jesus. Firstly, it it starts with Jesus. And then Jesus passes this on to Paul and to others who in turn pass it on to those around them. We are invited into the story, but we do not own the story. We have no authority over the narrative because the story starts and ends with Jesus. Jesus has invited us to participate with him. Probably all of us will have heard the uproar after the attempted European Super League was announced and failed in just a few hours as they managed to unite just about every football fan on the planet against this idea of a new separate competition. As I listened to the commentary about this, I heard people uh, saying that this was not the owner's decision to make because the owners were just custodians of the club. They were trying to take the club away from its original roots and they were exceeding their authority in doing so. We have been invited to participate in communion and worship but we are not the owners. As we look to the future, change will be inevitable as the world changes around us and as we enter into an increasingly digital age. However, may we always remember the privilege that we have to participate in worship and sharing in communion together alongside Jesus. The story does not belong to us. It's from Jesus and he has passed it on to us. We are custodians, for want of a better word, who have been invited in to share part of the ultimate story of Jesus. This morning, whether you have been attending a church for years or whether this is all new to you, please know this morning that you are invited to participate and get involved. 
it isn't this isn't just something that's for the holy few to take part in but it's something that we are all invited to join in with and pass on to one another and that includes you today so will you participate as we worship together will you engage this evening we're going to be gathering together to worship and share communion together at 7pm on Zoom. Will you come along and participate as we gather together and share together? We are invited to participate. But what is it that we are participating in? Paul's message is clear. Communion and worship are all about remembering Jesus and what he has done for us at the cross. And there are three things that we can remember. Paul reminds the church how Jesus took some bread and used it as, a, as an image of his body that had been broken for us, that we might remember his grace. As we worship together, we must remember the sacrifice that Jesus has paid for us, that he was willing to empty himself of all but love, that his body was broken, that our brokenness might be restored. Jesus was good. He was holy. He was perfect in every way. No matter how much I would love to describe myself like that, I know that I cannot. I know both now, in this moment and throughout my life, I am not good. I am not perfect. I am far from holy. I'm just another guy with my own faults, my own doubts, my own failings. And today I can recognise that publicly and happily because I know that I'm not alone. I know we all share those same feelings and that same truth. Too often as, church, as churches gather together we can portray an image that the church is for people who've got their life all sorted out. But that's just simply not true. In fact it couldn't be further from the truth because we are all broken, we have all failed, we've all made mistakes. Yet Jesus's body was broken for us all. Communion and worship in the church are not just for people who are, have everything sorted out. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Church is for the broken and we are all broken. Yet in our brokenness, we can come together and remember that our brokenness no longer defines us because Jesus gave his body that it might be broken in our place. May we always remember that we are invited to participate in the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And remember that his body is broken for us. As Jesus' body is broken, we must also remember his love for us. Jesus told his disciples in John 15 that greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. 
There is only one motivation for the sacrifice that Jesus made, that, and that was his love for me and for you. As we gather together, may we always remember the love that Jesus has shown to us. Jesus not only invites us to remember his body broken, but also the new covenant that has been sealed with his blood and that gives us hope. We need to remember the hope we have in Jesus. The good news of Jesus is that it's not all doom and gloom. Not only do we need to recognise our brokenness and our need for Jesus, but we also can remember and recognise the transformation that we find in Jesus as well. Jesus went to the cross for a reason. He went to the cross for our transformation, that not only will our sins be taken away, but that the power of sin and death would be defeated. What's even greater is that we all live in the light of this transformation today. Our communion, our relationship with God has been transformed because of Jesus's death and resurrection. As we remember what he has done, we participate in the hope and the future that we have found in him. This is good news for each and every one of us. The mistakes of our past no longer have a hold on us. We all can have hope. If you feel like I did at the gym for the first time, at that gym class for the first time this morning, wondering what on earth is happening, what on earth you're a part of as you've joined in with this church service online, you couldn't have joined on a better Sunday. We want to always remember Jesus and put him the at the centre of our lives. We remember him because he found us in our brokenness. He gave each one of us hope and transformation uh, uh, and has transformed our lives. This is the story of the church today. It was the story of the church 2000 years ago and it will be the story of the church 2000 years from now. Not only is it the story of the church though, but it can also be your story today as well. If you've been around the church for some time, I wonder today, how's your memory? Do you still remember the grace of Jesus and the sacrifice that he has made for you? Do you remember and recognise that it was in your brokenness, in your imperfection, that Jesus broke his body for you. Today is an opportunity to reconnect and encounter the grace and forgiveness of God again in your life. Maybe you've been coming along to church for years and we keep talking about hope as a church, but that hope that we talk about always has seemed a little bit distant and unrelatable in the midst of your current circumstances and your life. Today, may we once again all remember 
the sure and certain hope that we have in Jesus as the risen Son of God. May we know and recognise the transformation that we have found in him and may this transform the way that we live out our lives. We have a great hope. We live in the light of a new covenant, a new relationship. Our relationship with God has been transformed by Jesus. May we as his church never stop remembering what he has done for us. We are invited to participate and remember but we are also invited to proclaim. Jesus passed the message on to Paul and he passed it on to us and we in turn are invited to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes and pass the message on to others too. Proclamation involves making an announcement publicly and clearly indicating where we stand. If we are to be the church that Paul is calling us to be in this passage, we cannot just remember Jesus. Rather, as we see his grace, his love and his hope, we need to make a stand and join in sharing that story with those around us. Remembering Jesus goes beyond the past tense. Not only do we remember what was, but we also proclaim who we are and where our hope is for the future. As we look to the future as a church, the culture we are in will be different, but the message remains the same. May we never stop proclaiming that Jesus died for our brokenness and our sinfulness. As he died, he gave us all hope as the true expression of his love and that we might have a future that we can always hold on to until he returns and calls us home. For 2000 years, the act of worship in sharing communion together has stood the test of time. This is because it's at the core of the Christian faith and who we are called to be as Jesus's church. We have been invited to remember the grace of Jesus's body that has been broken for us the hope that we have received through his victory at the cross. So as we look to the future, may we continue to join in the story, to remember what Jesus has done for us and continue to proclaim the hope that we have in him until he returns. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege that we have to worship you, to join in in communion with you. 
And Lord, this morning as we gather, we acknowledge our need for you. We acknowledge the fact that we are broken. We recognise our sinfulness and our failures and our faults. But we also acknowledge that your body was broken for us, that we might know the full extent of your love and that we might be transformed uh, in the midst of our brokenness and have all that brokenness taken away that we might be restored and made new in our relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for the invitation of hope that we have to hold on to, that uh, the future is bright, that we have a hope for the future that we can always depend on, that you are the God who is the God of victory and nothing can overcome the victory that we have in Jesus. And so, Lord, may we continue to proclaim who you are. May we continue to nail our colours to the mast and continue to live each moment of our life in worship and in adoration for all that Jesus has done for us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.